0: The two most important days in your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. That's a quote attributed to the great American writer Mark Twain. That quote is also one of the opening lines of the new film production of Roots. Now playing on the History Channel, the latest remake of Alex Haley's book, By the same title, Roots is that epic story that chronicles the life of an African boy, Kunte Kinte, born four days up the river in central Gambia, but sold as a slave and sent to America. The two most important days of your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. Why were you born? Why were you born? And what is your life about? As God's people, as disciples of Jesus, we've been trying to answer. We've been working on answering that question since the beginning of time. Our first lesson from 1 John 4 gives us a reminder about life and what it's about. Why we were born, God is love and those who abide in God abides in love and God abides in them. Let us love one another because love is from God. June offers us a fresh reminder of the importance of love this very month, these very days. We've had three consecutive weekends of weddings in this sacred space. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. And these are happy and joyous celebrations about life and what life's about as people find companions and promise their lives to each other. If we look around our culture, we might get a fresh sense of the importance of love, In these days, as we continue in this election year, we see more and more polarization and yelling and less and less unity and less and less encouragement and maybe even hope. And this is just one example of our desperate need for more God and more love throughout all of our lives. Our second lesson today comes from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is the fifth book of the Bible, the fifth of the so-called books of Moses or the books of the law. Deuteronomy gets its name from the Greek word that means second law. The idea is that the way of God, the law of God was revealed to Moses on the top of the mountain at Mount Sinai. Moses encountered God there and God told Moses what God wanted and expected from God's people. They were to live a certain way. That way was summarized for Moses on the mountain in the Ten Commandments, which is found in Exodus 20, the second book of the Bible. The primary goal of the authors of Deuteronomy is to repeat and clarify what Moses revealed to God on the mountain. Deuteronomy takes those words of God spoken to Moses and recorded in the past and Deuteronomy wants to make them pertinent for the present, for God's people. The word of God spoken to Moses is not some literary artifact or some theory to be uh, kept away in the past and simply admired. In fact, the opening words of Deuteronomy actually say these are the words that Moses spoke to the people. In other words, this is what needs to be repeated. This is what needs to be digested. This is what needs to be discussed and learned and ratified. This is what needs to be responded to with each and every generation. That's what Deuteronomy is about. Why? Why is this? So the people know what their lives are about. They will know who they are and for whom they live. They will know what to do and what to care about. They will know where to find life and life in abundance. This is what Deuteronomy is all about. Here's our second lesson today. It comes from Deuteronomy chapter 10. It's considered a summary of the whole book of Deuteronomy, beginning with verse 12. So now, O Israel, what does the Lord require of you? Only to fear the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord your God and His decrees that I'm commanding you today for your own well-being. Although heaven and the heaven of heavens belong to the Lord your God, the earth with all that is in it, yet the Lord set His heart in love on your ancestors alone and chose you their descendants after them out of all the peoples as it is today. Circumcise then the foreskin of your heart and do not be stubborn any longer for the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords the great God mighty and awesome who is not partial and takes no bribe who executes justice for the orphan and the widow and who loves the stranger providing them with food and clothing. You also shall love the stranger, for you are strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God. Him alone you shall worship. To Him you shall cleave, and by His name you shall swear. He is your praise. He is your God who has done for, all, for you all these great and awesome things that your own eyes have seen. Your ancestors went down to Egypt, 70 persons, and now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars of heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you discover why. The day you find out why. In 1630, the ship Arbella was approaching the shores of New England and the Massachusetts Bay Colony. It was carrying a group of pilgrims. Their leader, John Winthrop, realizing both the excitement and the apprehension of that moment, preached a sermon on that ship that would become the hallmark of the history of religion in America. Winthrop reminded his shipmates that they were part of God's faithful people, that their future in the land depended on how they lived and what they did. Winthrop concluded his sermon with some words from Deuteronomy. Quote, Let us therefore choose life, that we and those who come after us may live obeying God's voice, cleaving to him, for God is our life and our prosperity. That comes from Deuteronomy thirty nineteen and 20. We're always pilgrims on a journey. We're always discerning and sorting out what our life is about, what we will do, whom we will serve. This is our ongoing calling, And as we continue in this sermon series, the word for the week, today's word, comes from our text in Deuteronomy, cleave. In fact, though the word gets changed in more recent translations and cleave becomes less and less a part of a contemporary conversation, I think I could make the case that this word cleave summarizes Deuteronomy and could be a one-word great summary for all of Christians. For all of faith. Cleave. Cleave means two things. It can mean to separate. But the second meaning. Is the one that's the most prominent. And the most powerful. Cleave means to hold fast. To cling to. Cleave means to stick to. And not let go. Cleave to God Cleave to the one who gives life and to the one who deserves our praise, Deuteronomy says. Cleave to God, cleave to the activities and actions of God, the things that God cares the most about, executing justice, loving and serving others, tending the widow and the orphan. Cleave's not mentioned in the New Testament, at least not in this translation, the new RSV. Jesus doesn't seem to use the word cleave but he spoke strongly and often about cleaving when he reminds us of the greatest commandment love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. In fact, he's basically quoting Deuteronomy verbatim. This word cleave 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 intends to help us as we sort out the why we were born. The what of our living. Cleave. Some of you know that this past week I spent three days again with police officers who have found themselves in traumatic circumstances following some critical incident in daily police work. This care for police officers began in 2009 in our chapel. We hosted the first of these seminars for traumatized officers, and since the first one in our chapel, this was the 12th one, we've helped more than 400 police officers find life and care and healing from very difficult situations that emerge from regular police work. This week we had a group of 45 new officers coming mostly from Virginia. Some brought their spouses, but some also came from Ohio and Arkansas, where they're trying to create the same program in those states. These officers came from violent shootings across the region, including the Virginia State Police and the horrific scene in the Richmond bus station in March. They came from Richmond and violent shootings in our city. They came from Fairfax and Norfolk and Southside and other places. We had officers whose critical incident was a car wreck. We had officers whose critical incident was the death of a child. We had five officers who were closely related to suicides because suicides now happen twice as often as police killed in the line of duty. Suicides by police officers happen twice as often as police killed in the line of duty. So I was there this week with police and I obviously had this word going through my mind and heart. Cleave. Cleave. Here's the challenge. Here's what John Winthrop knew when the pilgrims were about to disembark from Arbella and land in Massachusetts. Here is what we all know when we're honest. When life happens. When we continue with the living of our days, even and maybe especially when things are great, but particularly when critical incidents invade our lives, when challenges come our way, cleaving to God and cleaving to the things of God can become very difficult. For any of these police officers, the challenge might be a nasty image that stays in the forefront of their minds and hearts and probably wakes them up in the middle of the night. An unfortunate event that happened to you can become the pall that covers everything about your life, or the fallout from an accident can touch everything about you, not just about work, but your personal relationships and the way the police department treats its officers, and more. These incidents can steal life, can steal joy. And you wonder when it was that you last really laughed. And you wonder when it was that you last felt hopeful or positive about something. Where these kind of critical events bring about new tendencies, like drowning your troubles in alcohol. Or looking and working only for the day that you can retire. And nothing else matters. Life can so easily lose its luster. And anger and irritation and total indifference can become primary emotions. We know about this. You know about this. It's easy to drift away from cleaving. Cleaving to God Is what we're called to be about, but that new morning arrives, and we wake up, and we go through the same routine, and if we're not careful, there's little focus, and there's little joy, and there's little relates to God and God's ways, and instead of glorifying God and enjoying God forever, as the catechism reminds us, we find fresh reasons for irritation all over the place, the line at the grocery store unsettles us. The nagging back pain, the headache, the snide comment or an email that we receive discourages us, the struggling economy, the uphill battle with depression, the endless visits to the doctor, the worries about our children, the worries about our parents, all this can take away our joy and instead of enjoying our friends, we find ourselves tired of the same conversations, And instead of living with gratitude, with many blessings, we may conclude that life is pretty futile and filled with mostly frustrations and annoyances. You know about this. People have been dealing with it forever. Human beings have been dealing with this forever, and yet all through Deuteronomy and all through the whole of Scripture, there's this clear calling, cleave. Cleave to God, cleave to the things of God, Cling to, stick to, with heart, soul, mind, and strength to God's love that never ends, that covers all. Abide in God. Cling to the things of God, the actions, the activities that God cares most about. Loving others, extending hospitality, helping the needy. This is the way to life. The way to life eternal cleave cleave. It's a reminder about our focus. It's a reminder about our priorities. We seek to open our hearts to God in prayer. We seek to come to church and share life in community, participate with others who help us cleave to the right things. We want to build connections that make us healthy and wholesome, focused on God that covers us. We seek to love. God is love. Those who are in God love one another. This is what life is about, our compass, our direction, our hope, our strength. We have all various personal situations going on. We have various pursuits, various ways to engage particular happenings in our lives. But our calling, our commitments are grounded in cleaving to God and cleaving to God's ways. This is why we exist. This is what life is about. This is what leads to more life and life eternal cleave. It's who we are. It's what we do. It's what the world needs from us. Cleave. May it be so. And may God bless us. Amen. Let us pray. Pour out your Spirit upon us, O God. Pour out your Spirit in such a way that we cling to you and serve you, following Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.